come this way at night. Hello, cocktail lovers. Welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk. The show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. Now, those of you who follow me regularly or have listened, you will be familiar with today's guest. I have got my friend, my fellow cheese and cocktail lover, um, cheese expert extraordinaire, Jennifer Greco, in the house with me. And, um, you know, you might have caught the show that I did with her. There was one we talked about New Orleans, and there was one where the two of us talked about our cheese and cocktail pairing project. Now, I've got her. I'm really excited about the topic today because it's kind of insanely a little bit niche, but I think it's going to be really cool to talk about. And because Jennifer knows so much about cheese, she does food and wine tours here. She does cheese workshops here. We'll get a little bit more into that later. But um, I have asked her to come and talk to me about alcohol-washed French cheeses. And I'm going to let her explain a little bit more about what that is. But um, but that, so that's the link to our, our, our tr- drinking in France um, part, of the, part of the show. So I'm very excited. And so with that, I'm going to say welcome, Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> Happy to be here again. <laughs> Very happy to have you here, especially because I know you brought some cheese. Yes, so, yes. Um, so um, let's kind of crack right into it. I uh, Can you tell the listeners what it means when it's a washed cheese or an alcohol washed cheese? Sure. So not, well, when we talk about the different families of cheese, there is a family called the washed rind. So these cheeses are physically washed, which means like they're sometimes they're rubbing, sometimes they're spraying, sometimes they're dipping into salt water or beer or cider or wine or spirits, alcohol. And uh, the whole purpose of this is to attract different strains of bacteria and mold to the rind, which does give it flavor and breaks down the um, milk proteins and makes it really stinky and funky and that's the whole purpose of this family. And so when we talk about these washed rind cheeses, these are really the ones that people think of when they think of those stinky yes. French cheeses, yeah. right? Those are the yeah. ones that are the culprits that yeah. smell real strong but taste real good. Yes, and often their smell is like really, really strong, but when you taste them, it's not that, the flavor isn't as strong. So I always joke about them having, uh, like their bark is, their, wait, the bark is worse than, the, the bite is, what is it? The, the bark is worse, worse than, than the, the bite, bite. yeah. yeah. Um, and I've been, I was gifted once a cheese that's made up in the north of France in um, Boulogne-sur-Mer, it's called Vieux Boulogne, which has been voted the stinkiest cheese in the world. Our Ooh. friends... Years ago, sent it to us. Our, their families were from this town, and they sent it overnight to us when we were living in the south. Not unbeknownst to us, so the mail lady arrives at our door one day. <laughs> I know, and she, when she, I, she knocked on the door. I opened the door, and she had this box at arm's length. And I mean, immediately the the smell was just like almost knocked me off the floor. And she, through very gritted teeth, said, "What is this?" I said, "I." so apologetically said I think it's cheese I'm so sorry so the poor thing like she had to drive around in a van throughout the rest of the day with this lingering crazy funky oh, cheese and so you know we tasted it and it actually was much milder than the aroma but we couldn't keep it in our fridge we had to eat it immediately because it was so so strong but 
So yes, often the cheese aromas are stronger than the flavors. So okay. don't be afraid. Don't be scared. <laughs> don't be can scared. You, can you name off some of the cheeses that are really typical that are um, that are washed rind ones? Yeah. Um, so in France, a lot of people do know a cheese called Epoisse de Bourgogne. So Epoisse is made in Burgundy. And it is sold around the world as a pasteurized cheese. Uh, there's a cheese called Marwal from the north of France. There's Long, L-A-N-G-R-E-S, which is made in the Champagne region. There is, um, uh, well, I think, actually I'm not sure, but I think Limburger is washed cheese. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, it's like a Germanic thing. Yeah, it, it's and, very stinky. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. And it's got that kind of sticky texture sticky, on the outside, yeah. yeah. Uh, Taleggio is an Italian washed rind cheese. I basically I know French cheeses. I don't know mm. cheeses from other countries. So, uh, what else in France you would find? Um, oh, uh, Pont Levesque. Yeah. Uh, from Normandy. Mm -hmm. um, and Livaro. Livaro is a very well known washed rind cheese. Um, so, when you walk in the fromageries here they tend to group the families together. So if you see the cheeses that look really soft and kind of oozy runny, but with rinds that look more yellow, orange, brown, those are the washed rind cheeses. And uh, they look very similar to the soft white rind cheeses, which would be like a Camembert Brie family, but they're more the orange, yellow, and they look much stickier, tacky, because they physically are being washed. And, um... How often do they wash them? Does it depend on the depends. cheese? Yeah, it depends. Okay. Sometimes it's um, every day, several times a week, once a week, once every couple of weeks. So really the ones that are washed over and over and over tend to be the stronger, smelly, stinky ones. Okay. Yeah. And when we're talking about these wash, washed rind cheeses, um, what's the best way to eat them? Are these cheeses that you cook with? Do you just dig in with bread? Um, I mean, oh, I, uh, I feel like they're probably hard to cook with, although maybe not. I don't know. I don't. I don't generally. But what, no, what's your I don't take? either. I'm sh there are recipes for. Actually, there is Marwal. Is there's a in the north they tend to make tarts with it and they make sauces for meat with Marwal, mm -hmm. but they don't have a long shelf life. They're kind of best to eat within I mean they're like a month or two old um and I just like to dive in with bread me too yeah, I don't like to mess with them too because they're so interesting on their own you don't need to mess with them you just make it as simple as possible and eat to enjoy all of their beautiful <clears throat> flavors and nuances and they are super umami very often quite savory and delicious <laughs> now um I was going to talk to you about whether it happens outside of France. You already mentioned a few, so I'd yeah. say yes. But um, I, I'm and I'm familiar with the, the ones that are washed with wine or washed with beer yeah. or cider or spirits. I've also seen um, I've seen cheese washed in coffee. I don't know if that's oh. typical, but this was actually not a French cheese. It was okay. a cheese from that I got at the cheese shop, the um, Andrue up oh, here. Really? Uh, there's, oh. it was, but it was a cheddar. Okay, so I, I think that say, that was, was maybe British, to add yeah. to the flavor. Maybe yeah. does that do? I don't know if that changes this the breakdown like the others do, or it might. Coffee can be kind of acidic, right. acidic, but but it's not typical, I guess, here in France to see anything washed in something besides alcohol. Uh, well, brine, but salt, salt water, water okay. yeah, brine, salt. Usually, if you're walking, washing in alcohol, you are washing with salt water as well to attract the bacteria, but. Yeah, coffee here, I've never seen that. Um, no, 
never seen that in France. Maybe it exists. There's like 1,800 to 2,000 cheeses made in this country, and most of them are made and are sold in the regions where they're made. So yeah, <laughs> there might be well, some coffee wash cheese in the north. I'm sure somebody's yeah. doing something somewhere. Sure. So um, interesting. Okay. Uh, now, um, I know that we've worked a little bit on pairing cocktails yes. and had some experience with um, tasting cocktails with different washed wine cheeses when you bring your different cheeses to pair with. Let's talk about, t talk to me about how you go pairing yes. drinks or wine um, in, in your workshops or in your tours, because yeah. uh, I'm guessing it's kind of a challenge. It's very challenging. This family is really often better with beer than wine. Uh, I mean, I've over the years done a lot of tasting. I'm not a beer connoisseur, so I'm not really, when people say to me like stout, dark ale, pilsner, whatever, I don't really <laughs> know what that means. <laughs> I can talk a lot about wine, I can talk a lot about cheese, but I have done extensive research, you know, someone's got to take it for the team, to try to pair different cheeses with different wines. and. Years ago, um, there's a couple cheeses I like to serve, and I just was struggling to find a wine that would pair with them and did a lot of reading and finally came across this writer, oh, what's her name, Fiona Beckett, I think, and she's based in the UK, and she suggested pairing Sauterne, a, um, it's a sweet wine. It's not like a strong alcohol wine, but it's a sweet wine made in the Bordeaux region due to mold. Um, it's the Botrytis fungus that desiccates these grapes, and uh, they're harvested by hand, and it creates this beautiful wine that's very traditionally served with foie gras, with uh, roquefort. So she suggested serving Sauterne with a poisse, which is a very umami, stinky, washed dry cheese. And when I read it, I'll never forget it, I just thought, no, there is no way that will be good together. I just thought she was, it was like crazy talk to me. And then I tasted them together and was completely, it was, it was like, it was mind blowing. Uh -huh. but yes, I know. So like, I'm going to say, hang on one second. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you to tell the listeners because you have brought both yes. of those things. So, I have so your boss, I have I, I, you've got some Sotown chilling in the fridge. I'm yep. going to go get that. Okay. While you maybe tell the listeners a little bit about the Epoise, especially this one because it's the family right. that we're going to taste. Right. Yeah. Epoise is uh, made in Burgundy. It's a cow's milk washed dry cheese. They're washing it with a spirit that's made kind of like grappa. So it's made with the leftover skins seeds and stems after they crush the grapes for wine. So it's called Mar, M-A-R-C, de Bourgogne. And it is, yeah, it, well, it's been around, oof. Washed wine cheeses have been produced for about a thousand years. Monks were the first people who created this family of cheese. But it is the women on the farms who are the ones who are responsible for really washing these cheeses so they do need a lot of physical care so it's a cheese that disappeared after first world world war when the families the men went to war and then the second world war when more boys and men left and did not survive and the women who were left behind taking care of the younger children taking care of the animals trying to run the farms 
didn't have time to go out and lovingly wash cheeses several times a week. So the apos essentially disappeared. And then in the 1960s, it was brought back to life in a way by um, the Berto family. It was actually, I don't remember if it was brothers or a husband and wife team, but they went around to the farms in Burgundy and started asking the older women if they had the recipe for this cheese and they brought it back to life. And so most of it is produced by a couple of, of more, I don't know if they're like industrial makers. Uh, it is can be pasteurized, so it is sold around the world. But the one we have today is the only single remaining farm still making a poisse. So it is a poisse fermier, which means that it's made by the person who owns the cows, that's taking care of the cows, making the cheese for us, is enjoying it as I'm talking. <laughs> I'm just eating all the cheese <laughs> while Jennifer talks. The <laughs> so it's quite, um, yeah, the industrial, well, pasteurized versions are still very, very good because we call these cheeses surface ripened. So all of really the flavor components are coming from that washing on the surface. So pasteurizing the cheese you still get the great flavor uh, because it's all resting on that rind. This is a rind you would never want to get rid of it because most of the flavor is resting on the surface of this cheese. So pasteurized versions of it are amazing. Unlike a pasteurized camembert. Not quite the same. It's not the same. Yeah. yeah so, but the fermier version, the farmer version of a poisse is just <laughs> gorgeous. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. I've had my fair share of a poisse. And I don't know if I've had this one with you before, but good Lord, this is good. So um, before I can start extolling the, the fabulousness <laughs> of this cheese, Having a bite now, so. <laughs> that is something too that I want to mention. So, you know, I think a lot of times with cheese, you can kind of choose, do you eat the rind? Do you not? Mm. Lots of people cut it off. But I think pretty much with all washed rinds, you're going to eat the... Oh, gonna, you should. Yeah. yeah, you just, you don't want to get rid of that. No. Because so, so when you're on the washed rind family, always, always eat yeah. the... Yeah, that's where the, the action is happening. Yeah. So the rind is a super important element to the whole flavor yeah. of the, the whole cheese. So, yeah. So this pairing that you've brought, we've never had this together. Yeah. I've never had this at all. And I think this is really fantastic. First of all, the Epois is, um, and you're going to get these kind of flavors no matter whether you've got the fermier that yeah. we have or not. But this is, it, you know, we talked about how it's got a meaty flavor. Yeah. Like when I was, while I was eating all of mine while you talked, <laughs> um, it really feels like like um, pork um, tips, right? Like yeah. the burnt, burnt pork tips. Yeah. Because like, it's got this meat, but this kind of like, Smoky burnt Smoky, flavor. yeah. So, so good. And you had also mentioned this particular one has some sort of peanut quality as well. It has like a peanutty, peanut buttery sweetness with mm -hmm. the smoky savory. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's so umami. It's so, um, well, so this, the story or the theory of why these cheeses were first created was the monk's who were often dairy farmers and making spirits or beers or wine, they have a hundred days of every year that they cannot, they cannot eat meat. So every oh, Friday yes, yes. and all through Lent, so the 40 days of Lent. And so the theory is that they created this style of cheese that's more meaty and savory to replace the meat that they're not allowed to eat on Fridays and all through Lent. So uh it's quite interesting so they created 
or really developed the style of cheese, but again, it was the women on the farms who were the ones who were washing these and really caring for these cheeses. And yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> going, diving you might, you might hear something beautiful. crinkling, and that's just me like digging more into that cheese. And it's very um, warm today, so this thing is running all over the place. Yeah. And it's just gorgeous. Yeah, we've had we've had real high temps here in Paris, and it's actually now there's thunderstorms, yeah. which you might be hearing out the window as well. So, so it's just been warm. That cheese is oozing. Mm, um, so, I, and I think this is really interesting with um, with the sautern, with this little bit of sweetness, and we yeah. talked about it before. We recorded, and I said I can see how that can work because you've got that meaty element, but kind of that porky meaty element yeah. to, to yeah. this, which can go nice. It goes nicely. So you right. pork with sweet things, yeah. pork with apple, pork yeah. with you know stewed, exactly yeah. stewed stone fruit. Yeah. Um, works really nice. So I think that's what makes this a really good um, pairing. You get you kind of mirrors that kind of same, yeah. I don't know, like um, complementary flavors that, yeah. that, that that has in cooking, but. Um, the sweet, savory, or opposites attract kind of thing, the saltiness. Because these cheeses usually are quite salty, too, but the sweet. That's why it's, Sauterne is famously served with blue cheese. Famously, I don't know if that's the right Yeah, but yeah it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people do that opposites attract sweet yeah. with the, the salty thing. And uh, cocktail-wise, we have in the past, through our cocktail and cheese tasting project... Which is what six, seven years old now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll put links to this in the show notes so yeah. people can follow along if they're unfamiliar with our cocktail and cheese yeah. adventures. There's a few times I've brought over, which is a tiny mini version of a plus called Trou de Cru. You have to be very careful in saying the name. Of <laughs> can that. you explain the? Can you explain a little play on words there? <laughs> do you want me to? I do. Oh, okay. So. But maybe in PG terms or however yeah, yeah, my, so. my 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 listeners drink so yeah that's true they're older <laughs> they're, they're, they're older they're Trou de coup Trou de coup yeah in French is asshole so this cheese is Trou de cru C R U which means in the cheese world raw or unpasteurized so you have to be very careful when you're ordering it at the cheese shop we're talking about it which <laughs> people who know French it's it's kind of a funny thing but it it is a poisse but it's a teeny tiny like little button of a poisse and I often bring it for the tastings because a poisse is quite big and it's often just forest and ice so we don't need this giant cheese so I bring a mini version of it so we can at least get that savory kind of meaty cheese on the board to taste with the cocktails and it has done very well it's done very well it's, it's, it's often things. a contender now is it easy for people in the u.s for my listeners in the u.s to find the trou de cru no okay I don't so. oh well the trou de cru is i believe pasteurized it's made okay. by the Berthaud people who are the ones who brought a poisse back to life so but a poisse is sold as a pasteurized cheese so you okay. can't find it in the u.s it's about a month old mm-hmm. current laws in the u.s if a cheese is raw milk and less than 60 days old, so about two months, not allowed to be imported for commercial sales. So a this version of a poisse that we have in front of us, you would not find. But in the States, you can get the pasteurized. And again, it's a great cheese. Buy it if you find it because it's Oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't met an a poisse that I didn't like. Yeah. So um, this one just happens to be especially stellar. So I, yeah. I encourage, like, this is a pairing that that any of the listeners can sure. go out and try no matter where yeah. where you are. If you're exactly. in France or in the U.S., I really encourage you to, to do this. It would be a really lovely 
Well, I think it would be really lovely sort of after dinner treat or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and just something really different. Yeah. Uh, instead, of, instead of you doing your, you know, I know in the UK there's lots of Stilton and Port yes. or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, in the US people are probably doing dessert wines with blue cheese. Yeah. This is, this is just a little spin that you can do that I think... Um, well, I think it's really damn delicious. So, um, so. <laughs> and it might really open the eyes of people who aren't so sure about this family. Um, it is a family. So over the years, I've done cheese workshops for a long time in Paris. The Washstein family is the more kind of divisive family. People tend to really love it and not. <laughs> so. I say those people haven't given it a chance. I, I don't like I those just... people. <laughs> I, I did have a, oh, it was really funny. I had a couple once years ago. It was a cousin of a place called Sumantrain. Yes, I love that one. It's super yeah. bacony. Yeah. And the, it was, it was a couple. She took a bite and absolutely just swooned and said she wanted to bathe in it. And he took a bite and said that it, it was the most disgusting thing he'd ever tasted. So she took his and said, great, I'll, I'll eat what More you don't want. Me. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've had that. It's, it's been a contender also. It's actually, I think, one with one of our cocktail parents. Um, was there anything else for people who you might want to encourage to um, eat the washed rind yeah. cheeses and do any pairings at home? Anything else you want to share before we talk? Because I want to talk about your cheese workshops um, after this. So is there anything else people should know about when they're playing around with the washed rind at home? Well, washed rind and just all cheeses generally, pairing is very subjective. So you might think something is wonderful that I might, I might not like, but we're not, neither of us are wrong. Like we're both right. Um, I jokingly often tell people it's jokingly, but not really, but just buy a lot of cheese and a lot of wine and do a lot of tasting and figure out what you enjoy together because there really is nothing incorrect. Um, yeah, if you like yeah. it, it's good, right? Exactly. I mean, it's good for you. If yeah, you like it, it's, it's good for you. Good, yeah, if you like it, it's a good pairing. And um, a lot of people say in France, because this is the land of cheese and wine, that what grows together goes together. And that does work sometimes. Sometimes. You know, I'm not sometimes a big opponent of that as yeah. a rule of thumb. I yeah. mean, I just, I yeah. actually kind of get annoyed when I hear it because it's like, it's lazy and it's silly and just because it rhymes doesn't mean yeah. it works. Yeah. Um, it, it works in the Loire with all the beautiful goat cheeses and the beautiful crisp white wines. Like in Burgundy, a lot of people in Burgundy drink red with a poisse. I, it's not my first go-to because the, the red wines are Pinot Noir based yeah. in Burgundy. and. I feel like the cheese totally overwhelms those wines. I would think so, too. Yeah. It's such a delicate wine. It's such a delicate yeah. Pinot Noir. It's not like a California Pinot. It's a much more soft. So just do your own experimentation. Have fun with it. Invite friends over. Take notes. Figure out what you like. And and try this family because it is uh, one of the scarier families, I think, for people. But it's really more accessible than people think. Yes. I also I asked you this, and we didn't really go into it before we started recording, but do you think there's any merit in people trying to pair it with what it's been washed in? So if oh. it's washed in beer, drink it with oh, beer. Sure. Yes, I do. I, I do. Mean, I think that's kind of could be a fun experiment. Yes. I don't. I have no yeah. no anecdotal evidence on it or any personal evidence, but um, but I think that that could be a fun approach to take too. I've never had Mar de Bourgogne actually. Oh, um, I have some here. Do you? I of course do. you do. <laughs> <laughs> we might try some later. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do think that I can think of maybe things washed in cider might be quite good with cider yeah. or, I mean, salt water washed, you're going to drink salt water with it, but, um, yeah. uh, yeah, I yeah. can see why that could work. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I think, who knows? I mean, 
I don't want to like be all stringent like the grows together goes together if it's washed with it you should wash it down with it right but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but anyway I just kind of kind of came to my mind as, as I was thinking about what we sure. talked about today sure. um, so really quickly because it's getting kind of close to oh, the okay. end of our half hour please tell the listeners about your well Jennifer does um, tours with Paris by mouth yes she's in wine tours but she also does cheese workshops at our friend Allison's Shop Cave Woman, yep. which you would have heard her a couple of episodes ago. She was here talking about shopping for wine in France. That's so, right. Jennifer, yes. please okay. <laughs> tell the listeners about your workshops there. Yes. So I do like three hour long kind of intensive fun. I, my whole goal is for people to have fun. Cheese tasting workshops. Um, I also do food tours in Paris, uh, walking tours of different neighborhoods with Paris by mouth. And then do these really fun cheese workshops. So you basically show up at the store, Allison's great, beautiful, uh, very comfortable wine store, and I have everything ready, and we just talk about all the things around cheese, seasonality and pasteurization, what that is, um, the terroir of cheese, the... Why some are runny and oozy like this beautiful Ipoise in front of mm-hmm. us, and why some are really hard and brittle. Um, what the breed of the animal means, what the diet means. So we eat and drink for several hours, and I give notebooks so people can take notes if they want to. But sometimes people just want to eat and drink, which is great. I whatever well, you want to do. <laughs> so I just think it's such a fun subject because you go into a fromagerie and. There's all of these things that look different and smell different, and it all came from milk. And I that just fascinates me, the whole science behind it, the, the fact that all of this is due to mold, bacteria, and um, yeasts. Yeah. And that's how we get cheese. And there's so many different kinds. It's so crazy. So many different crazy. kinds. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, I will put links to your workshops in the show sure. notes and to your food and, and wine tours through Paris by Mouth. And with that, I am going to, I'll also put links to where you can find Jennifer, which is Shay Lulu on, she goes by Shay Lulu on Instagram. Shay Lulu France. Shay Lulu France. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and um, I'll, I'll put links to all that, but you should, you should follow along on Instagram and, and she's, she's got a blog and... Um, a lot of cheese. A lot of cheese. A lot of cheese. <laughs> lots of good stuff. And with that, I'm actually going to wrap this up because we're getting real close now to the end of the hour or half hour. Um, and I'm going to give us the cocktail of the month. Now, I um, usually have the guests do this, but I didn't tip Jennifer off to the fact that I wanted a cocktail of the month. So, so I'm just going to be eating over yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give her a chance to eat the cheese. And I'm going to talk about the blood and sand cocktail, um, which is a, a, a Scotch whiskey, Scottish whiskey um, cocktail. And the reason I'm talking about it is because it's one that we paired for our cocktail and cheese pairing project, and it's one that um, the True de Cru won as the pairing cheese. So if you want to pair a cocktail with an apoise, you might want to go for the blood and sand. Uh, the recipe is 20 mil or two-thirds um, peated whiskey, so you want something that's got some real good peat to it. Um, 20 mil, two-third ounces freshly squeezed orange juice. 20 mil, two-thirds um, ounce uh, cherry hearing. 20 ml and two-thirds ounce, ounces, or two-thirds ounce, sorry, I'm trying to give both at the same time and probably confusing you all, um, <laughs> a red sweet vermouth. So it's nice because it's an equal parts cocktail. So if you don't want to listen to all those numbers I just gave you, it's just equal parts scotch whiskey, freshly squeezed orange juice, cherry hearing, and red sweet vermouth. 
and you shake them all up on ice, and you strain it into, strain it into a chilled cocktail glass. You can express a little bit of the um, an orange peel over it to um, put some of that orange orange oils on the top. And yeah, we found it worked really nicely with the cru which makes me think it'll be pretty much the same with yes. the ipoise. It yep. also another um, cocktail that worked real well with the trou de cru on our <laughs> pairings was. Um, was the rum old fashioned? So that's another one you might want to give a try. All right. Yeah. And with that, I see we got about six seconds left. So I'm going to say thank you, thank everybody. You. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank, thank you to World Radio Paris for editing and production. Thank you. Oh, that is my timer telling me time is up. Thank you. <laughs> I don't normally have that on. Thank you to um, Sun Little for the music that we use. And um, I'll put links to our all of the things we talked about our cheese and cocktail pairings in the show notes and um, if you're listening and you haven't done so yet I'd really love it if you go over to iTunes and leave a comment apparently that's how people find the show and it also makes me know that I'm just not talking to just me and Jennifer talking (laughs) to the air and uh, as usual I remind you to drink responsibly and until next time cheers